What up, slugs? Okay. <laughs> I noticed on this beer it says keep your paddle wet. So what are you guys drinking and or snacking on? I was drinking, I would call it um, a mixed or blended red because I blended Pinot Noir with Merlot because that was what was left. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> Alicia? I almost got Shiraz because you mentioned it and I'd never heard of it until you mentioned it. But mm-hmm. I was really feeling Francis Coppola last time and so I got another bottle of it. And it's Malbec, and it's pretty good. And I'm snacking on edamame hummus and pita chips. Beautiful. And digestives with milk chocolate. And I have oh a package God. of Chips Ahoy that I have not opened yet. Oh. I mean, I've opened them, just not tonight. But I'm You are about to enjoy the greatest night of your life. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm already enjoying it. An fun. unopened package of Chips Ahoy? Wonderful. Yeah. I know. Oh, my gosh. Are, were, they fr- were they in the fridge beforehand? Alicia? Oh my god, Kira. Why didn't Kira. you tell me that you do that too? I would have done that. <laughs> oh my god, Kira puts every single sweet thing in the fridge. Because it makes <laughs> it okay, but the time that it actually works is Kit Kats. Ooh, yes, yeah. for sure. Kit Kats Any type works. of chocolate is better in the fridge, yeah. I think. Every I don't know about better. Twix, though. Twix, nah. yes. Because the caramel I mean, gets too no, but I no, wouldn't say I like it. I wouldn't say yes, but I wouldn't say no. I'd say I'd have either or. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay, wait, hold on. Here's They're a question off. for you. Okay. okay. For you both. Okay. Contemplate. I need to know your true feelings. Tell me yeah. how you feel about this. Chewy chips ahoy. No. I won't yes. waste the calories on it. I will yes. not waste the calories. No. Yes. You did the chewy, <laughs> Emily? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The crunchier, the better. They if are. Stale ass chips ahoy. I will fucking eat them. To be honest. <laughs> you. Chewy Chips Ahoy, I'm like, yas, I want some. But then I like, you eat like 10 and you're like, what is this? Okay, I can't eat more. <laughs> is this food? Just... Like, you're like, is this a food that I'm meant to put in my body? Because it seems like probably not. not. I mean, but that's how They're I feel so about good. hot Cheeto puffs, but I still eat them. <laughs> Ex- exactly. You're yeah. like, is this, you know, like styrofoam with rolled I mean, around it basically, some hot it's junk powder. food. I mean, it's so bad for you. But I've heard people compare Chewy Chips Ahoy to Play-Doh. The taste, the aroma, and... The taste? The texture, and I'm like... You're not supposed one, to fucking eat Play-Doh. Do, how do you know what Play-Doh tastes like? Oh my gosh, every time I eat Play-Doh, I literally think <laughs> Ever craving Chips Ahoy? Want a cheaper, low-cal solution? Play-Doh. Do you want to feel, like, permanently ill? Play-Doh. Have a few beers and eat some Play-Doh. You'll never know the difference. Play-Doh.
Like, yeah. oh my god, I just watched Spring Breakers for the first time the other night. Whoa, okay, thoughts. I've I, I never seen it. Um, I... So most people told me that I would like it and that it's actually really good. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that ever, but go ahead. I've only had one person tell me that they didn't like it, and I think that I really liked it. I don't know. I, no, I, I didn't it. really like it, but I liked it. I liked it. And it did not, it was not what I expected at all. Like, the way that they cut up the trailer it had me like thinking, like, what? It made it seem like a parody. Yeah, me. I mean, it's sort of a comment on... yeah. The culture um, of teenagers and spring break and everything around it and, like, media and how that facilitates how people act on spring break or think they should act, which I think is really interesting. But I, the thing that I think surprised me the most was that I had this idea of what would happen in the narrative because of the way that they cut up the trailer. But it was the complete opposite of everything I thought it would be and the complete opposite of everything you think would happen in a movie like this so and it also sort of made me think about what i expect from movies in terms of suspense and plot and stuff mm, I nice. maybe I that was so. very vague but. i think like i thought it was a lot more original than i was expecting it to be mm-hmm. and i saw it like two years ago so i can't really remember but yeah yeah i think that's what i remember feeling about it like i was surprised yeah, it's definitely really different. Like, it wasn't scared to be experimental, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because they had the whole... They would chop up scenes, and they would be in different locations or different scenes, but then they would have repetition in the script, so the voiceover would say the same lines over and over again, which I thought was really interesting, mm-hmm. and I really liked it. Yeah. Um, Kira, I feel like you. Th- I feel like it's something... It's different than what you're expecting it to be. Okay, good. Because it's definitely, I don't know if parody's the right word, but, like, not even satire, because it's not exactly, like, comical, but I guess, yeah, satire, just, like, not funny, (laughs) which is probably a different word. (laughs) I think, I think self-aware, maybe? Yeah. Like, the director knew what they were doing with every yeah. scene. Like, how obnoxious people are on spring break and, like, what these scenes look like to people. Which... Yeah. Which is funny. Like, do you think that the actors realized that? Like, the pe- <laughs> like the four... I feel like, okay, one of the girls is his wife, is the director's wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like she definitely gets it. But, like, the three other act, like, Vanessa Hudgens, Selena Gomez, like, do you think yeah, like, they get they it? it or... Which I, I feel really bad saying that, you know? Like, that... I, I feel like you have to get it to portray that yeah. character, though. I feel like To be do, able yeah. to exaggerate how they acted, you know? Which makes it really interesting that he picked these three girls. Like, two of them are, like, Disney actors. Yeah, no. I, which also might, you know, having this conversation now sort of says something about <laughs> what we expect from Disney. Yeah. I feel like so. as I was saying that, I regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, but it brought <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but at least you, yeah. you thought about it and now yeah. we're talking about it. Uh, <laughs> this yeah. is a conversation. This is good. This yeah. is open dialogue. This, okay. Oh my god. Perfect okay. segue. So how, <laughs> how do you feel about it? Uh, I feel like...
days we have all read this article from the new york times it's an op-ed column and this professor from chapel hill i think talked about (laughs) she's also from rhode island she loves okay okay (laughs) whatever she loves long walks on the beach irrelevant hit her up anyway so she wrote this op-ed about the phrase I feel like and how she thinks that this phrase needs to die because it does not convey an assertive, I don't know, assertive opinion or process of thinking when it comes to having an argument or conversation. And she says that we're all just being too open with our feelings when we say I feel like. That's sort of the gist of what she's saying. It's like we make everything an opinion rather than stating facts. Even if even if we are stating a fact, we still start it with like I feel like. I think she, I think she also means more like where we have an opinion that we like believe, but we want to kind of like um, what would you say? Uh, kind of like God, this happens when I start drinking. I like words <laughs> escape me. Um, <laughs> like pat it. You don't want to hurt people's feelings. If you say this phrase, you still get your idea across, but you're still, like, showing everyone, like, I mean, this is just, like, my thoughts. Like, it's not, like, it's not the truth. Yeah, I think the phrase she uses or someone in her op-ed uses is Mm cop-out. Using the phrase, I feel like, is a cop-out to being as strong in your your (laughs) beliefs as you should. Okay, here's the rant that I will give. My rant has two points to it. Okay, the part where she, like, compares it to trigger warnings and safe spaces. I'm like, what? That has nothing to do with this. Trigger warnings have to do, like, with telling someone who has experienced a certain trauma that, like, you're going to say something or you're going to post something related to that. So if they don't want to relive it, they shouldn't look at it or listen. Or they should just be prepared. And then she talks about how, like, millennials are, like, not as confrontational as people who are in generations before us. But, like, the whole idea of, like, a safe space and, like, so much of, like what we're talking about with, like, especially race, but also, like, in terms of gender and sexuality, like, in the present day, have to do with being way more confrontational. Maybe not with another person, but with ourselves. And, like, things that we're uncomfortable with. And then I posted that video of this woman who's a writer. She writes for, like, New York Magazine and The Guardian, and she talks about why, like, correcting people's grammar can be like, it's kind of can be boiled down to, like, racism sometimes. And it's, like, this idea that language should be, like, the way it's always been. When it's, like, that's never been true about language, ever. 
I get, like, talking about, like, things that people say and, like, trying to understand them, why they say them and, like, what it means when they say them, but also when you're getting to the point where you're telling people to stop saying things, it's, like, what are you really trying to, like, say to people who say stuff like that? We talk, like, I think we both express that feeling, Alicia, of, like, when someone says stop talking this way versus, like, let's just examine why we say this. It feels, like, a lot different. I don't know. And they want to, the thing is they want to not say that as much or say like as much or say um as much, but it's, it's very natural. I think it's the fact that people say stop and make it seem as if I don't know that I, that I'm aware that I talk this way. I don't know. So what I was trying to explain earlier about the difference in the ways that like men and women say, I feel like, whereas for men, I think it's, Uh it can be more of like I'm saying this as my opinion so if you try to like disagree with me or point out flaws in it you can't because it's just my opinion where it's so like kind of just not acknowledging any like difference of opinion in that sense because it's an opinion and you can't I don't know you can't like take it down like you could like a fact or something I guess even though you can't really do that to facts, mm-hmm. whatever. But then for women, it's more of, like, a timid thing because you don't want to come across as being, like, too, like, confident in what you're saying because that, like, op- that ha- that opens, like, a lot of room for criticism from other people. Yeah. Like, especially men. I feel that. So, and it's, like, all super subconscious. I don't think anyone is, like, purposefully mm-hmm. doing that. But just, like, if you look at the way that like, people respond to how men and women say things differently than... And I feel like she could have talked about that more. She kind of just, like, disregards that as being an, as being a possibility. Yeah, she never talks about why anyone says yeah. it. Yeah. Like, the difference between men Which and is so men. much more interesting, I think. Yeah, like, what you're saying is both men and women use this phrase, but they use it so differently, which is something that I find really interesting... Yeah. And no one calculates why they're going to say, I feel like, whenever they use that phrase. No one is like, I'm going to say, I feel like, because they think it's more accommodating, or because they don't want to seem too aggressive, or because I want to assert how I feel about this thing, but, uh... I also think that it has to do with our culture, like, the, the millennial culture of, like, taking all perspectives into consideration, And in that sense, I don't think it's negative to say I feel like because you are talking about your own personal experiences in saying I feel like this, whereas someone else might feel like something else, which I don't know. Can not just strip this down to be like super basic, but whenever I say I feel like I always use it, I always say it like say if a teacher asks me a question and I haven't obviously had the answer yet because I didn't know who was going to ask the question or something. It's such a filler. It's like, I feel like, and then I pause and I think of the question and then I answer. And to me, it's the same thing as me saying like, or um. So like when I read this article to me, it didn't really, to me, I just read it and I didn't feel anything because I thought, mm, I don't <laughs> believe this because I think, like I said earlier, I think you thought about this randomly when you didn't have any stories to write about and you thought, I can pull an angle. And then... I don't know. That's how I feel like it is to me, because to me, I don't feel that it's very loaded. Mm. I mean, I, I'm not saying it isn't loaded, but to me, it just, 
in my like experience, I don't use it as a loaded phrase. I use it literally to fill a silence until I can gather my thoughts. And like, I guess the only fault that I feel is that maybe I shouldn't say those three <laughs> words apparently if it becomes like an issue, but I don't know. To me, I've just never used it to hide an opinion. I only really ever used it to fill a gap when I was trying to think of an opinion. I don't know. And I don't know if that's how other people relate, but I never really, like that's when I was reading it. I didn't really feel very affected because I just thought this is pulled out of thin air because do this as a filler but then again maybe they don't maybe that's just me but I don't know yeah I I kind of agree with you like I never use I feel like because I'm subconsciously trying to tone down my opinion or anything like I almost I kind of think that saying I feel like asserts my opinion even more the fact that I use the word I mm-hmm. establishes that I have an opinion or a feeling or a belief that I think that should be heard or said yeah. just seemed like overly critical rather than just like analytical it seemed overly critical a huge stretch and just like i said someone that didn't have a story to write that for their deadline by 2 p.m and she pulled that out I of feel her like that's what the whole like sunday paper is for the new york times yeah. <laughs> which i usually do don't give me i actually usually like sunday it paper. like the sunday the extra like columns and stuff that they send but like that was just just like all the research she did, really. <laughs> she did a lot of research on it. She could have. I know. Plus, it's research by white men in like the 1970s. Exactly. Century, and I'm like, that's so irrelevant. That's exactly right what now. I was thinking. Every quote I read, I was like, are you really about to quote another like 60s psychologist? From... Like. One of them is literally a Greek philosopher. So... Yeah. And like, we're fast. He's literally not alive. <laughs> He literally doesn't know I think it all, like, I, I hate being, like, so defensive about being a millennial, but, like, I think it all kind of boils down to, like, this hatred for millennials. Um, can we do like an official weird girls crush? Mm. Okay, maybe not. Okay, crush. I don't want to use that word. I want it to be more like real. <laughs> but I just want uh, genital ping. <laughs> it's not a sexual crush, which is why I don't want to use the word crush. Mm-hmm. I just want a weird girl's recognition of the best person in the music industry right now as Mitski. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We fully, we fully endorse Mitski like, and everything she says and makes and does and wears and looks. I and just and was and who is what and you and me and we are yes. Mitski. <laughs> Beautiful, Kira. Thank you. Totally, what I'm trying to convey. I just want to talk about her. So Literally, much. also, I'm not gonna say like. I'm not gonna say that she like directly works with us because I feel like it's not true, <laughs> but. Her drummer, I think, follows us on Twitter. That's all I'm going to say. Hell yeah. Shout out, Mitski Drummer. 
You probably have a name, but we'll figure it out later. Yeah. Uh, She's just so cool, and she says everything that I fully agree with. Yeah. She's... She's just, like, so good at being, like... Her lyrics are so good. Straightforward. Her lyrics... Okay, like, as an artist, she's, like, amazing. Her lyrics. Like, that last song. Oh, my God. It was, like, I don't know, she's just really good at, like, educating people, like, through her own experiences, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But also being, like, super open. It's interesting being an Asian American and realizing that Mitski is, like, the first Asian American musician that I've ever really listened to or whose insights I have been able to read and hear and also agree with, mm-hmm. which is, I think, part of why i love her so much yeah it's cool how vocal she is too about like her experience specifically as like an asian american woman playing music but then i'm i mean she talks about this during interviews too where it's also sort of the girl in a band thing where a journalist is like so what is it like being a girl in a band or what is it like being asian in a very white like indie world and i yeah, it's hard. It's like you don't want to ask that, but you feel like you should because it's it's something sh- that it should be acknowledged also. If you were but if you were interviewing her and you wanted to talk about that, you shouldn't just ask it like that. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Yeah. It's like that video when um Saint Vincent, Annie Clark and uh Meryl Garbus from Tune Yards interview each other. And they're like, so what is it like being a woman in the music industry? And Andy Clark is just kind of like, I mean, like, getting questions like that all the time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah. I feel like when you ask questions like that, it's so ignorant. But it's also really vague, too, as a general, like, jur- from a journalistic perspective. It's just so vague and gets... Mm. It's like you already know the answer to that general question. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know that it's hard and being represented is not easy. What did you think of the video? I thought it was really cool. It was interesting, too, because someone tweeted at her about it. And I'm trying to find the tweet, but I don't know if I can. But they basically said, like, because how the other woman in that video who's, like, making out with the dude, Mm -hmm. she's wearing, like, what you would think of as, like... Festival wearing. Yeah. And someone, like, tweeted at Mitski and was like, Mitski feels the same way we do about, like, festival bitches. Yeah, it was the cut. Yeah. And Mitski was like, no, it's not about that. Like, please don't pit me against other women. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's so great. (laughs) You are amazing. (laughs) I read this interview with her about um, this song, that song Townie. Mm -hmm. And there's that quote where she's like, I'm not gonna be what my daddy wants me to be and Mm -hmm. I thought it was so interesting because the person who was interviewing her about it was like this is like super rebellious and cool like what kind of like what was inspiration for that and she said she was like I never really thought of it as like a rebellious thing it was more just kind of like a realization of like I'm not this person that people wanted me to be and it was like when I was reading that I was like whoa that's weird because I like never heard it as like a rebellious thing yeah, I, just, I didn't either. Yeah, it was, like, I just connected with it more as, like, I can't, you know, like, you're not going to be what... And for some reason, like, the daddy thing, it was, like, your parents and, like, older people, like, what they expect of you. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it never was, like, a rebellious thing, even though I feel like that's a really logical 
way to understand that. But it was more mm-hmm. just like, yeah, that's not, I don't know. Yeah, like the question posed made it seem like this radical statement, but mm-hmm. it's actually not. It's something that we all sort of actually yeah. feel. And it's not Maybe. like a purposeful, like, radical act. It's just the way being. you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The radical act of being. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Do you guys ever think about Show. people you would like hate fuck? Uh, wait, a movie that I'd hate fuck? No, people. <laughs> because Chuck Bass's dad might be someone that. I okay, hate. Chuck Bass. Remember when he, he? Remember the episode when he finds out that his dad died? He is never hotter Literally than in that episode. <laughs> Literally, when he is like so distressed, and he has like a five o'clock shadow, and his hair is like unwashed. Oh, like when he goes to the funeral, and he's like so drunk. Oh so yes, fun. I'm like, please let me take you in the bathroom so and make you feel better. I feel that it's just like my aesthetic, and he becomes it, and he's also okay. already really hot, so it's like works really well. The sex scene that I'm most not turned on by slash confused by, but I feel for, is in House of Cards. <laughs> In House of Cards, when Frank is, like, crying, and Claire just got back from a run, and she... I haven't seen that, and I don't... Fucks him back out of his sadness. Oh, I remember that. That is a very strange one. I kind of thought you were going to say, since we were on the Gossip Girl thread, I thought you were going to talk about when Serena and Dan finally have sex, and it's, like, snowflakes, and, like... Snowflake. I don't. Is it snowflake? Oh, they I don't were know. in this room. They were in that like room. Like this room with all this white shit. I'm like, no, that's just cheesy. <laughs> you're about to like dirty that up. It's like it's gonna be really disappointing. And yeah, but anyway, to be like very strange like, sex scene. Like a lamp that's like not working. <laughs> like twelve condoms on the floor. <laughs> like this is not gonna go this well. Please stop making this out to be such a fairy tale. But yeah, Wait, that was what? such a weird scene. In House of Cards, because she was, like, making him feel powerful again. Yeah. Which is interesting. No, that is weird. I don't know. The power, the sex power thing is not... I think it's super overrated, TBH. In real life or in uh, fictional movies? I think that, like, TV shows and movies make it out to be, like, much more of a factor than it is in real life. If that makes sense. I don't know, maybe because I've really only experienced sex in, like, relationships, but to me it just seems like sex is, like, an equalizing factor, and if it's not, then that's not good, like, that's not healthy. Okay, so you're saying that sex should be an equalizing thing, and if it's not, then it's messed up, but the problem is, generally, sex actually is not an equalizing thing. Okay, let me explain what I mean by equalizing. Because I think that it's not portrayed in the way, like, in the way that sex is in real life. It's, like, it's definitely, like, both people kind of need to be a little bit vulnerable. 
in order to, like, take off all your clothes and do this, like, gross thing with each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I guess, like, amazing. people always associate, like, domination with the person who's penetrating, I guess. But I think that's bullshit. Because... Yeah. That's why we all need to peg. But then again, like, I can never naturally be the penetrator. <laughs> but, like, that doesn't mean I am naturally I inferior. Wait, off. what? <laughs> no, like, I off. get it. Like, pegging would be cool. But at the same time, I can never, like, with my natural body be the penetrator so does that mean i can never be the dominant one no because i think that asserting what you want sometimes and sort of taking the lead and how you want to receive can make you the dominant one which i guess is what i'm saying or how you direct how yeah how you direct it and like what i'm saying is when it should be an equalizing thing is that both people should want to let the other person do that for their pleasure equally yeah and yeah and i agree with that but what i'm saying is that right now i think that people don't feel that way when they're having sex yeah sometimes like people don't feel comfortable being like oh i want you to do this for this many seconds down here to the right (laughs) a little bit totally and especially when you're just like randomly hooking up with someone like you're not gonna i don't know what the point of any of this was (laughs) yeah i don't remember either but that's how i feel yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh, Wait, we're talking okay. about like power what dynamics. Best... Yeah, okay, go on, Alicia. Yeah. What I want to know is what is the best sex scene either of y'all have watched? Pornographically or in a movie or oh, man. show? Oh, give me a minute. I feel like I have a hard time trying to like think of like scenes that I'm like, I, I know there's probably a sex scene that I really like from a movie, but a lot of times I just do not relate to them, mm-hmm. especially the woman. I feel like they're always just to me way over the top than like anything I've ever. <laughs> well, yeah. least, I don't know. Personally, I'll be like, this just is not to me like, cause I don't see myself. I think that's the problem. You like want to see yourself in the, in the position. And I'm like, no, I wouldn't do that. So I'm like, this is not sexy mm-hmm. to me, but I don't know. I'm trying to think, I know there's been like probably a few, but I can't think of them right now. I'm too, oh, like, I know I can't think of them either, tight. but it's a really good question, Alicia. Um, I know Alicia has like seven. Okay, yeah. Can you say one, Alicia? I want to like. I want some like. Oh my gosh! Okay. (laughs) I do it. The first one that I thought of was Mr. and Mrs. Smith. (laughs) Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie after they both find out that they're both Uh like working for you know, working yeah. to kill each other, and they're like, fuck it, we love each other, let's have sex, and then they have sex among all of the broken glass and bullet holes that they made. But you also know that that was kind of a real sex scene for them, because then after that, totally they were married. Because they're so was, real. Like, after that, them. they got married. Okay, or did they ever get married? Whatever, they were together. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to think so hard. Maybe I should go to my Netflix and see what I've been watching lately. Okay, I also I want to say, though, for Mr. and Mrs. Smith, there's an uncut sex scene. That's the one that I'm talking oh about. God. I'm not talking about the one that you watch in the movie theater. Because oh that one is literally nothing. This child's play. <laughs> talking about uncut, okay? Yeah, that's that's awesome. Okay, I have a really good one. That movie, Blue Valentine... <laughs> The part when he's eating yes. her out? <laughs> yes. Oh 
my god. Yes. Yes. Whenever that happened, I was like, "Girl, you are." I think. And uh, I think it. because they used they show like that scene with her having sex with her like boyfriend before she breaks up with him and starts dating Ryan Gosling, and he's like fucking her, and she's just like so not into it. I can't remember exactly what happens. Oh my gosh, yes, he's fucking yeah. her from behind. And it's all about his yeah. pleasure. And then when Ryan Gosling yeah. is her out. It's, like, I think that, like, was really important to set it up as, like, a really important scene. Wow. Yeah. It was, wow. like, so, yeah. yeah. You just changed my life. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing. And I feel like there was no music. Maybe, I don't remember if there was music, but thinking back, I feel like there was no music during that yeah, scene. Maybe. And I feel like that's, also very important totally yeah um also like best sex scene is mitski and her hand (laughs) yes sex with yourself you guys missed it but (laughs) i didn't even really do it though bummer (laughs) you just like i did i did isn't that what making out is yeah (laughs) It's like Tina from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> okay, like third best sex scene. I guess it's not really sex, but when Tina finally kisses Jimmy Jr. at her birthday party. <laughs> and like, it just goes into that fantasy world. <laughs> okay, that relationship is the most frustrating relationship I on know. TV. I don't get it. Does Jimmy Jr. like her or not? I don't understand. Exactly. Welcome the to the mind like of a middle school girl. <laughs> That girl was fucked up. <laughs> Wait, also best sex scene when Chuck sees Blair at the burlesque show and Gossip Girl. And, and then they have sex, sex and, and it's the... like, ugh. But you don't actually see them having sex in the limousine. They're just like making yeah. out and there's some weird film strip effect on the wow. scene. And then you truly it. have a great memory. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it's the first, they like totally feel that like sexual desire that they've never felt before. True you passion. Just, like, really get it, you know. Passion is what is what is really missing from Hollywood sex scenes uh, these days. Okay. Do you have an mm-hmm. example? Uh, every I I don't know. Maybe people should just start having real sex Maybe. on camera yeah. instead of wearing those like it, cups. Like I'm trying to like go through my head like of all the different sex scenes that I've watched, and now I'm like understanding why people make sex tapes and like. They actually become public because I would rather watch myself have sex than watch. Yeah, Kira, that's amazing. Think about it. People watch and they're imagining themselves as those people. So you might as well watch yourself. But I feel like it's for me like watching a sex scene in a movie or something. It's not so much that I think about myself being in that. You know, like I get what you're saying. But oh. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about it. I don't know if it's so much as like I like artistically. I shouldn't think of myself, but I'm no. I'm like, oh, I think I, I think that. that's also like pro- I think this is probably like half and half for people. Like either you picture yourself in it, or like I feel like I just get turned on by like seeing other people. That's I don't know. There's this there's this sex toy shop like right across from where I used to work here in Dublin and we like went into it on acting because we thought it was the entrance to this burger place we were supposed to go to for lunch and yeah. I remember being like I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in a folder in my brain <laughs> and remember where this is <laughs> bookmark <time>. this. <laughs> 
because the guys we were with were super immature and they're like, oh, we meant to come in here. And I was like, yeah, right. You don't know what half these things are. So. Yeah, totally. I um, I interviewed these these people who founded the sex company. And well, I've interviewed several sex toy people and one of them made this thing called like Lovebird and Be Erotic, I think. And basically it's erotic stories that you pull up on your iPad and it connects to the vibrator and you can like read the story out loud to your partner who's like holding the vibrator and you can like blow on your iPad or like caress or shake the iPad and it'll trigger like vibrations in your partner's vibrator. I'm like, wow, wow, that's so creative, but so much work. I don't think way I way too much work. I'd rather just do it myself. Yeah, exactly. We don't even know what our sign-ons are or off, so Emily can just... Okay, I'll just be like, hey, you're listening to Word Girls. This is Emily. This is Alicia. And this is Kira. (laughs) This is Alicia, and I'm drinking Francis Coppola's Malbec, and it's pretty good. This is Kira, and I'm drinking, I would say, like, my own cocktail of a lot of, a few different red wines that I found in my cabinet. Featuring Pinot Noir and Milo. That's it. Okay. This is Emily. I went local with my beer tonight, and I am drinking the Longboat Lookout. But like, keep your paddle wet. <laughs> Says Longboat. Yes, because I can't drink wine. Cause I, cause I throw up all over yo. That's my pop singer way of saying you. I throw up all over you. <laughs> okay. Kisses. Besos. Bye, bitches. <laughs> Gross. <laughs>